mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing this fine day? Good morning, everyone, uh, wherever you may be in the world. I do hope you're keeping well. I do hope you're uh, safe and sound. Uh, I'm Pete Donaldson, and I am in London, and Chris is in Sendai in his little office. And a very disappointed Chris. You know what? I I think I mentioned mm. last week. I'm I was on the cusp of booking my uh, my flights back to the UK. My first trip yeah. back in two and a half years. Things finally improving, and then World War Three happens, and now you can't mm. fly over Russia. And the flight time has gone from eleven hours to about seventeen hours because you have to either fly south, sort of towards Dubai and Kazakhstan, or go the old route i didn't know this until recently but uh, in the old days in the cold war when you wanted to come to japan you would mm. fly via alaska so the the route would actually yes. go all the way over canada stop at alaska you'd you know you'd sit down and have some food have some drinks in alaska get on the plane again and finish the job and come all the way here it must have felt mm. so far away japan like before the 90s yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine that. But now I don't need to imagine it because I'm going to be doing it very soon. You're going to enjoy but, it. But what a you're week. What be a week. It. it has been uh, an atrocious um, week. It's been an atrocious uh, month or so uh, in, in Europe. And um, we're recording this obviously a few days in advance. I think this show goes out on Sunday. Mm. Uh, we're recording this on, on the Monday, the, uh, the 20th of uh, February. And obviously things are moving very, very quickly. But uh, I think the, the sight of conscripted teenagers in tanks rolling into uh, Ukraine's big, big, big cities uh, is not something that anyone sort of expected. I know we do have a lot of listeners in, in Russia and, and, and in Ukraine. And, and I think mm. it's probably. Um, I think it's probably worth remembering that uh, you know a lot of the people who are perpetrating the invading, invading force uh, on the ground are conscripted uh, children in in many in many ways, and people who couldn't sort of buy their way out of um, the poverty that, uh, that, that that they were involved in, and um, we're. And and this 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 war this invading force is is the architecture of of, of one man, and his cronies, uh, but only one man, and uh, it obviously doesn't reflect um, how, how the Russians feel about things. So. Look, I, 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 yeah, I, I didn't want to. St- I don't think we need to start the show with a big, big, big flurry speech about it. But I think uh, it's important to sort of 
remember that we will have listeners in in these occupied territories, and I, I just hope that everyone's keeping safe and, and, and keeping out of uh, as much danger as they possibly can. Really, yeah. I, th- sad. I mean, I think it's really, important really to um, to talk about it because uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna be a a running headline over the next few weeks. It could affect a lot of things, and uh, you know, yeah. people have been asking how did the Japanese view it, and I think you know most people in Japan are just as shocked as we are in the West. They sort of Shinzo get the same Abe came out and said he sorry. Shinzo Abe came out and said he wanted um, nuclear yeah. weapons on, on the uh, Japanese, would you call it peninsula? I don't know what you call it, really, the, the Japan. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a fluid and, and moving moment, and by the time this show comes out, it, everything will have changed, no doubt, once more. But it does very much look like we're looking at best at an, another Cold War. The, you know, you, you, there's there's going to be a situation mm. where the ruble getting crushed by the sanctions and the suspension of uh, of swift and, and stuff it, it's it's going to hit the um russian people the worst mm-hmm. and uh, you know you can foresee a time where there's going to be rationing and financial uh, restrictions left right and center and it's uh, it's always the people who kind of who carry the burden and and not the the, the power hungry um you know blocks at the top who have borne us for the second world war and in putin's particular situation uh, the USSR. So it's 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 a difficult um, it's a difficult uh, short to do I think under these circumstances because everything's um, been a bit shit the, over the past few days. But I just hope that everyone who listens to the show uh, are keeping safe. The Prime Minister of Japan, uh, Kishida, shot down Shinzo Abe's ideas uh, of uh, of having nuclear weapons in Japan. Of course, that's a big yeah. political thing. People here don't want nuclear weapons after what happened. I don't think that will ever happen. Yeah. Unless World War Three kicks off, but uh, yeah, I did a post talking about it. I noticed that uh, you know a lot of influencers, YouTubers, what streamers, whatever, hadn't really spoken about it. And I did a post on it, and I, you know, I was kind of surprised more people aren't talking about it. I guess there is. It's a tough situation. It's a little bit difficult. I do have a lot of uh, Russian viewers, listeners who are friends, and I, you know, I'm not. I don't direct any anger at them. I think uh, it's very much outside of their control it's out of their hands but uh yeah i'm kind of disappointed more people weren't bringing attention to it i think i think kind of the you know you, you probably think as as a as an influencer not not your good self but other people um you probably think that you're kind of immune to the uh the the the, the rapidly moving kind of geopolitical uh, landscape <laughs> in 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 europe and, and certainly europe itself you know the eu thought it was at some point mm. um immune to conflict because of because of the uh the, the 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 agreements that have um seen them in good stead since the breakup of the ussr but um yeah it's it's they, they, I think a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking about it because they simply don't know what to say. Mm. Um, certainly, you know, my my my, um, my mate who has a lot of Russian um, and, and and Ukrainian family and friends, um, he's astonished that, and and I agree with him, uh, how the uh, how people feel very comfortable talking about trans rights black lives matter stuff like that you know important important uh, uh, messaging on on social media have either been silent or um, have been quite playful uh, with the breakout of war and and you know I, I i would posit that it's it's down to some anti-slavic kind of sense of the other when it comes to uh, you know biases uh, that, that that we all have uh, as as westerners i think and um 
and I, I hope that people are sort of checking their their biases a little bit when 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 they talk about um, what is a, a horrific um, situation for for many people inside Ukraine um, and you know Belarus and, and Russia as well. So it's 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 going to change very quickly. Uh, I just hope that uh, I'll reiterate everyone's uh, everyone's uh, okay at, at this moment in time, and hopefully this show can provide some semblance of you know salve some some kind of mm. uh, some kind of levity at a time that's that's very dark for others. You know, a little bit of a time out, a little bit of time to get out, get out your head a little bit. So, you know, stop doom scrolling, stop going on the internet, and just listen to us two men talk about <laughs> dog shit. <laughs> for family Mart chicken every Wednesday. <laughs> family Mart fried chicken and stuff like that because that's what it's for. I think that's absolutely. What the Abroad Japan podcast is. Abroad for. Japan's about escapism. We won't be covering it uh, again unless things get out of hand and whatnot. But uh, yeah, my thoughts go out to everyone affected, and hopefully things end swiftly and positively for everyone. Involved. We've got a story yeah. this week from Brandon from Los Angeles. Uh, greetings, a Donaldson in Japan and Japan's number one enthusiast, Chris Broad. He flipped it on its head. It's very clever. In June 2019, I was fortunate enough to spend the whole month travelling Japan with my fiance and brother. We spent a few week, a few days in Tokyo, a couple in Kyoto, and three weeks in Fukuoka, as it's the city that she is from. Lucky, very lucky. Always envious people mm. living in Fukuoka, from Fukuoka, great place. It was awkward, to say the least, meeting her whole family in all three cities, especially with the language barrier. Even so, I thought I left a good impression with most. My fiancé and I had been dating for a year, and at that point we were living together. And I talked a lot with her mum and her via line, so her mum and I knew each other a good amount. When I first met her mum in person at Hakata Station, I made the poor choice to hug her, uh, hug her mum in the middle of the station Hakata. as a greeting, <laughs> uh, since that's what I'd normally do with family members back in the US. Suffice to say, this was not the right choice and put her mum in a very difficult situation. My fiancé started dying of laughter and explained to me that I shouldn't have done that and we all started laughing. I lucked out that her mum is very casual and took no offence to it uh, as she understood the cultural differences but it still left her in shock. Even so, we had a fun three weeks getting to, know, uh, getting to do things together with her mum, travelling around Kyushu and Fukuoka, and my poor choice, thankfully, did not ruin anything. After we announced our engagement, her mum told me to call her Kasan, if that's anything to go by. Kasan means like kind of mother, right? Like or Kasan. Uh, my fiance had moved back to Japan in June 2020 while we were waiting for her US visa to process, and we had gone from then to November 2021 without seeing each other. She was thankfully able to visit me for two months right before Omicron, after I had to cancel trips because of the restrictions. We're hoping for a visa to finish processing later this year to get married and start building our life in. Los Angeles. Uh, have you guys ever had any awkward experience with friends, significant others, family members similar to this in Japan? It's a good question. Uh, take care and best Ooh. of luck with your endeavours. Endeavors. Uh, Brandon from Los Angeles. Uh, sorry to hear that you guys can't be together, Brandon. Hopefully it won't be much longer now. Um, that story reminds me of like my uh, when I dated a Japanese girl. I met her at a party with lots of friends and whatnot and uh, we started talking yeah. and, the, and then at the end of the party I hugged her goodbye because that's sort of a, you know like a normal thing we do right mm. in the UK hug people uh, and she took that as like a sign that I must really be into her and then she started right. like messaging me loads and asking for dates and stuff so it didn't really backfire in that respect I think uh, I think she was just sort of 
she she was enamoured by my hugs and <laughs> that's not a is that, yes, I'm not is saying that, that your ever take, again. Is it? that's exactly your my hug take. is your hug is so I just want more hugs from Chris that's what I want yeah, in my right. life once you've been hugged by me <laughs> you'll never want to not be hugged by me again I shout that's that's very poorly phrased <laughs> but uh, and 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 so that was good but like uh, I I met her mum only once it was we we dated for like a year and a half I think and right her parents. They couldn't speak English, and they were a bit shy and a little bit odd, mm. to put it frankly. They lived very deep in the right. countryside. Her mum had never seen anyone who was white in person. Never hugged anyone who never was white. Never hugged anyone who was white. She didn't, she didn't get the royal treatment from me, unfortunately. But like, right. <laughs> I saw my girlfriend at uh, the festival, the local town festival, and uh, yeah. I, you know, I bumped into her, and she was with her mum, and her mum was like so absolutely fucking terrified of me like I was a devil like I was a rabid dog who's going to rip a fucking arm off and it was really awkward and a bit weird and surreal like her mum just sort of hid behind her like literally like hiding behind her I was like (laughs) oh konnichiwa hello and she was like and just sort of hid cowering her head down nice like it it was so weird and uh, we we never saw each other do you not think that you're quite uh, because you're because you're not you could be quite awkward when meeting new people. I've seen you meet new people. No, I'm you could be quite awkward. So, mate, I think you are a little bit awkward. Bollocks. You're sort of a bit like, oh, you all right? Oh, how's it going? I just think it, I would love to have seen this sight. I would love to get the security camera footage of this woman cowering behind your partner. I can't believe you said <laughs> that. I, I'm, 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 oh, good, I'm a hello. good people person. I'm good. I think I'm a good people I'm person. I'm a good people person. And a great hugger. <laughs> Write it down. Put it on my Wikipedia right. page. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah, very surreal and a bit weird and uh, yeah no I mean hugging it's not really a thing here I think I did a no I think I did a video didn't I 12 things not to do in Japan I can't remember if that was a point on it don't hug or I think I said don't shake hands you know physical contact isn't as big a deal here isn't as a bigger thing Um, yeah be careful who you hug although luckily nothing bad happened to Brandon have you ever had anything like that happen family I've never once, once, once I've had a drink. Once, once, once I've had a drink. <laughs> so I started singing. Once, once, once I had a drink. Uh, I get very huggy, but I think like now. I mean, nowadays I can't remember the last time I touched um, a woman's arm in the laundrette yesterday. I was cleaning oh some uh, some sofa cushions, uh, and she and she was really, she was so kind of in my face going. I just I just took this out of the I just took your covers out of the thing. I didn't mean to. And she was like really sort of in my face. And I was like, mate, don't don't worry. I left this behind three hours ago and I forgot I'd done it. So don't worry about it. I went to a car boot and, and tried to lowball a man at selling me an otter, uh, a stuffed otter. So much <laughs> about that sentence is, is going to be a great source of confusion. You went to the car boot and did something and bartered about an otter. What the f- there was an there was an otter. There was a there was a, there was a stuffed otter for sale. Right. Um, and I don't normally support, you know. Uh, stuffed what, do you, what do you call it yeah. when you stuffed stuffed otters? And but it just made me laugh because I was just like, I, can, can you imagine how old that otter is? It's probably like a century old, and it's just now it's in a car boot in South End. <laughs> it's probably travelled out there around the world for it. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, but he wouldn't. But yeah, he, he, he wanted way too much money for that stuffed otter for crying out loud. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I came back and got, got my stuff out of the laundrette. But, but I touched a woman's arm, and I, I was like, forward of me. I never used to do that, but she was really in my face. It was more like, hey. 
Get away from me. This is a laundrette, not a bordello, madam. I feel like the uh, <laughs> over the years, the tables have turned. When I first met you, you were the one interviewing celebrities, doing these great big things. Chris Pratt, touching him, having fun. Yeah. And now here I am now interviewing Ken Watanabe, and you're fucking getting an otter out the boot of your car. The, the times I'm have not changed. not fucking an otter in the boot of my car. Let's make that very clear. Because <laughs> yeah, if someone skims over, if there's a glitch in the MP3, all they're going to hear is, Pete, Fox, otter, back of the car. Like, I'm not having it. I'm not having it, Chris. <laughs> The grim, the grim everyday <laughs> life of Pete Donaldson. And loads of people uh, in America probably don't know what a boot is. We're talking about the trunk, car trunk, right? Yeah. But that still doesn't yeah. make the story any more, like, coherent. No. This is such a certainly, ridiculous certainly story. Doesn't. I don't know how we've got here. <laughs> Get me out of here. Tell hey. me the news. What's going on in Japan? What's going on in the world Chris, in Japan? Chris, you're not going to believe how old this fucking katana is. <laughs> older, than the, older than the aforementioned otter. Yeah, exactly. Um, a big sword, uh, owner of uh, owned by uh, a samurai lord of the Shimazu clan, who uh, ruled the Satsuma domain, now known as Kagoshima, lovely part of the world near Fukuoka. Uh, yeah, they basically had um, there was a lot of blades that he owned. He's a big ninja lord guy, right. and he very much uh, and he very much loved a sword or two. Um, and Japan has been looking for this one last remaining sword owned by Shimizu Norioki, the 27th Samurai Lord of the Shimizu clan. Oh. Uh, he, it, it went missing, like, literally 700 years ago. And it's been found, Chris. Guess where? Uh, I th- I, uh, Spain. I don't know. How much is this? You've got to give me a hint. A Le- little bit closer. Uh, Australia. Australia. It's been found yeah. in Australia. And uh, this guy basically, uh, a guy called Ian Brooks, a sword collector, uh, which, you know, we've, we've, like you. we've commented on. You sword collect collectors. swords yourself, like don't you? I, I don't collect. I have a sword, but I bought, my partner bought it for me, and I didn't want it. And it was nice to have, and I like it, but I, do, I you know, I don't like manga, I don't like anime, and I don't like swords. And I would like all, and, and I'm. You know, and I'm not into the, their pornography, so I would very much <laughs> like to be regarded as a cut above when it comes to a uh, cut being above a wet with your sword. Japanese when, aficionado. The, when the day comes that someone tries to break into your house to get this stuffed otter back, you're gonna you're gonna be very happy you've got that sword on your shelf I'm that you can slice and dice them. National treasured sword. <laughs> All right, so this national treasured anyway, sword this turned bloody up in sword. Australia. So this big sword turns up in Australia. A guy who, uh, who's a sword collector, Ian Brooks, he, um, he, he four years ago, he found uh, this this sword on sale. A high quality katana being offered through an auction which he mm. won for uh, 3,810 US dollars. Right. You know, roughly five and a half uh, thousand Australian dollars. And he he knew it was quite high quality. He knew it was a decent sword. He knew it was probably worth the, the money that he was going to pay for it. But he didn't really sort of he didn't know whether it had any special significance. He looked at like the handguard. He looked at how le- long it was, and he knew it was. Uh, it, it, he suspected it might be like a, a katana without the Smith signature engraved into the hilt. So he mm. thought it might be unsigned. So he thought it'd be hard to sort of figure it out. But uh, he knew it was kind of a uh, a katana mume norishige, which is basically one that's designated as a national treasure in Japan, right. but has been missing for decades. So he knew it was important. He knew that this could have been one of the swords that the Japanese have been looking for for seven hundred years, and uh, the he found a, like a faded bit of Japanese text 
uh, on paper wrapped around the sword scabbard. The characters uh, meaning uh, the Kagoshima Jingu, the Kagoshima Shrine uh, that uh, Lord Shimazu gifted the katana mume Norishige to two centuries ago, uh, and which still exists today. Basically, the sword got given to this museum all that time ago, uh, and Brooks contacted the shrine, and the two parties now believe that the sword that the man bought for three grand in the auction is indeed a missing national treasure. Now, How much? we don't know swords, we don't talk about How swords a lot, money? but we are talking about... It's, it's not the Antiques Roadshow, uh, a TV show from the UK where uh, old people turn up uh, on a, at a stately home uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and historical uh, artefact experts basically just tell them whether their plate that they've had in the loft is worth £2 or £3 million. <laughs> uh, but basically, it's, uh, it's Japan's Agency of Cultural Affairs are going to perform a final appraisal because the katana is unsigned uh, and th- it seems like a formality at this point this is the sword that is 700 years old it's a national treasure and this guy Ian Brooks bought it for blooming three three and a half grand it's incredible Chris but uh, uh, again the only thing we care about here is is he going to make millions of dollars off of selling the sword to Japan yeah well I mean there's the they, they sort of kind of tracked the um, journey and I think it very much uh, left the country around about 1945 uh, mm. and if, you, if you're a real history buff you kind of know why uh, <laughs> and so you uh, so we have a situation where, where I don't know whether he has to sell it back to the Japanese I don't know whether he just has uh-huh. to hand it back and he gets a nominal fee either way uh, maybe he'll stick it on eBay, and we'll be able to give it a little, uh, give it a little cheeky bid ourselves. Imagine but, that! Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just amazing to see something so bloody old just turn up in someone's backyard. Basically, oh yeah, I bought this for three grand, but I don't really know. Oh, what's this bit of paper? Oh, it's a seven hundred <laughs> year old bloody sword for crying out loud! That I bought for three grand. Wow, absolute bargain! Wow, that's pretty cool though. That <laughs> is pretty is. cool. Like to, to clutch a sword as like fought in so many battles that has such a strong cultural heritage yeah. it's kind of cool you know I'm not really yeah, into swords really cool I do appreciate no. that they are pretty damn awesome and if I play a video game I always choose a sword over a machine gun if I get the chance mm. in anything uh, but like yeah I, I love a good sword but I'm not really into the yeah. whole culture he, of it all people get very obsessed well Brooks sort of said oh yeah it's cr- crazy and uh, yeah you, I just worry about men <laughs> like swords too much um, uh, he says uh, I'd like to keep the sword while I'm alive but I put a provision in my will to say that when I die the sword is to go back to the Kagoshima oh. shrine and he, he said that he hopes to pay a visit to the shrine so uh, yeah nice. he, uh, the, the bloke the, the priest at the shrine said we never expected that the sword would return I hope that we will uh, be able to retain it for a long time so maybe there'll be some kind of sword battle over the magic sword <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful with the uh, yeah, it is. I, I think it's lovely. I think it's plumbing lovely. There's a there's a very formidable fighting style in, of, of sword fighting in Kagoshima that I did on Journey Across Japan in the last episode. Yeah, and I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to have a look in a minute. But like, it's it's called like the first strike method, and they basically raise the whole the whole method basically involves just chopping your opponent to pieces before they've even realised what's going on. You sort of raise the sword above your head and just strike down as hard as you can from the sort of a diagonal fashion into the neck and then all the way through the chest and out the other side. And uh, it's a very deadly method. And it seems one of the best. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder if that sword has actually killed anyone. I wonder how many lives it's taken or if it's all action. What what it did in World War II. uh, Is it haunted? Can it talk? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no! Will it be in the next Dark Souls game? <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking Japanese relic. Awesome. Uh, we're back in the fax machine in just a moment, guys, with your comments, stories, and questions. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with the fax machine. But before that, the style of fighting that I talked about, that I did, and uh, that I failed at, admittedly, is called Jigen Niu. And uh, it started in the 16th century. And uh, was the, the choice of swordsman, it was the sort of the style of swordsmanship uh, in, in the Satsuma domain. Now, Kagoshima. Sounds what like have we got a- it sounds yeah. like a. It sounds like a, a very much a, a an easy. If you're going to design a fighting style, so I just mm. hack him to death as, before he can cack you to death. I mean, it's pretty. Sounds pretty standard to me, to be honest. <laughs> Don't you? Do, well, you, you joke. Well, you if you came up against someone with Jigen Niu, yep. you'd be done in moments, yep. Pete. Yeah, it's just the sheer power yeah. of. And when they when they like bring the sword down, they have to be like, hey, mm. hey, they have to shout really loudly. Hey, and uh, <laughs> check out check out the video. Oh, this is really heavy. I can't oh, do it justice. No. <laughs> <laughs> check out the video. That was really cool. Actually, I spent yeah. like a day doing it, and uh, it it was really fascinating. I, I kind of wish I'd like got into a martial art uh, or anything mm. in Japan instead of just sitting yeah, in a car. Sword attacks a martial art. I guess it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we got though? Story. Maybe you can shout as you get the fork through the uh, through the chicken uh, the hey. fried chicken. You can hey. shout. Hey. Uh, got a message from Emily Hi Chris and Pete Hopefully this question will reach you In time for your next recording session It did As Pancake Day approaches here in the UK soon I want to ask A pancakes a thing in Japan? What's your favourite type of pancakes? Hey, crepes Fluffy American style And what what kind of toppings are your favourite? All the best Emily Lovely question We all love pancake I A, a pancake I mean I'm more of a 
savoury pancake guy. I like to I literally just get a pancake, cover it in butter, job done. Keep it simple. That's that's what I like. Yeah. That's what I'm all about. What about you, Pete? Right. Uh, I am a big fan of the thin crepe style mm, pancakes. Yeah, me too. Uh, with lemon and sugar and fuck all else. Quite <laughs> frank. Love them. I, I'm not really a big fan of the, the thick American style ones. No, I'm not. And, and, and we can't do them over here. I've had them in America. True. I had a disgusting... I remember I went to... I was really into... Uh, I really wanted to have an IHOP. You know, that pancake <laughs> yeah, brand. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I really want bloody IHOP. And I probably said this before on the podcast. But I ordered this cho- this stack of chocolate pancakes. And honestly, there were so many of them. And they were mm. so girthy. Uh, <laughs> it just it was just like a big... Uh, cake it was just like a big chocolate cake it was Ooh. disgusting <laughs> big girthy absolutely pan- chocolate pancakes is there anything worse yeah the, yeah. the crepe <laughs> the crepe style of pancakes are actually really popular in Japan like uh, they're everywhere you can get yeah. little crepe stalls it's not just Harajuku <laughs> even around Sendai Station if you want to get a crepe easy to get one and I actually oh, all this talk get of crepes one. I kind of want one now yeah can I, can I order yeah. one can Delicious. I get a delivery special delivery crepe <laughs> crepe to the studio we got one here from Tom who says Chris and Pete hope you're both doing well my name's Tom and I'm from Atherton in the north of the UK do you know where that is Pete because I don't Atherton. no I don't it's one of those mysterious Atherton. towns mm. we've, we've never heard of I've listened to all the Abroad Japan podcasts uh, and uh, a subject you've touched on a few times is games that are set in Japan just wondering which of the games you've played um, that's closest to the representation of the actual locations they are set in I've also recently seen a game called Ghostwire Tokyo and I'm wondering if either mm. of you have seen it or played it yet keep up the great work guys Tom G from Atherton uh Ghostwire looks really good. Ghostwire Tokyo. It does, yeah. Actually looks amazing. And they, I think they've like... Comes out in the middle of next month. Yeah, and it looks like they've they basically mapped out Tokyo exactly as it is, which is pretty yeah. impressive. A bit like the Yakuza games have done a pretty good job recreating uh, districts like Kabukicho and uh, I think Yokohama Chinatown, if I'm not mistaken. But oh, they've, done, they've done loads of them. Osaka, they, it was, um, I think... Persona, Persona 5. 5 as well. We talk about Yakuza quite a lot because it was, yeah, Persona 5 was obviously, I think it was Shibuya, wasn't it? You sort of run Sendai around. they did as there's well. There's been a few. Sendai, right, yeah. I mean, there's been a few that have kind of done pretty accurate. But for me, like my formative years playing the, the uh, video game Shenmue, uh, mm. there was nothing like the sort of side streets that you sort of experience around the back of sort of Shinjuku where it starts to get quite quiet. Yeah. Those residential streets that you see uh, that I played for the first time in like the late 90s or the early 90s on the Dreamcast uh, <laughs> in, 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 in that game. I mean, I, when I first moved, when I first moved, when I went first moved to Japan, I was like, Oh my god! Like it's exactly the bloody same. Of course it isn't because the graphics weren't great, but it it felt really, really familiar. Amazing stuff. It's pretty cool. But, it's always uh, trippy, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo looks great. I remember the first time I played a game that mapped out somewhere that I recognised, and that was the Getaway, the PS yeah. PlayStation Two game, where they mapped out London yeah. like f- terrifyingly accurately. But uh, I definitely <laughs> want to play Ghostwire Tokyo. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima. I don't think that would really work. I think it's probably quite dif- different. I haven't really played. You're really enough. familiar with Tsushima. Tsushima. <laughs> Tsushima. 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 Get it right. Remember, it's Tsu, not yeah. Su. People will kill you here if you get that wrong. They'll get the sword out. Oh, I see. Uh, I see. <laughs> we got one here from Phil from Manchester. It says, "Good Emperor Chris, exalted." Elder P, I hope this finds you well. I'm learning Japanese, and I would like, uh, when the current plague allows, to visit Japan. How hard or judgmental do you think it will be for a six foot three, twenty four, <laughs> choking here, twenty four stone <laughs> wow. uh, character uh, with long hair and long beard 
to traverse Japan's prefectures. Think mostly like a drunken Viking. I understand space is paramount, and I wouldn't want to wish inconvenience upon my hosts, nor draw more attention to myself than my build would otherwise potentially create. I look forward to your advice. Phil from Manchester. I... You you all get looked at a little bit. Uh, my my good friend of mine, Sam, he's pretty tall, Australian lad. I think he's like six foot three. Uh, he always gets people talk about it and raise it up here, and it's definitely you, you'll definitely get people make more comments here than you would back home, just by virtue of the fact everyone here is five foot eight and and not a <laughs> foot higher. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, th- I don't think it will get in the way of your holiday though. Just uh, you'll have to sleep diagonally in most hotel beds. And cats or hotels are out the picture, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it'll be fine. What do you think, Pete? Yeah. How will Phil be handled by the locals? Well, I mean, don't get handled. That's uh, that's your first clue, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, don't get handled. But, uh, yeah, you'll have a nice time. You'll have a fine time. A fine time, Phil, once the plague allows. Um, Whatever fun. that is. Can't wait. Can't wait to hang out with Phil in Japan. Phil in Japan. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Keep the stories, yes. questions, comments coming in to Broad Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week to do it all over again. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week, and we'll see you later in the next few days. Do it all over again, right back here on the Broad Japan Podcast. Bye for now. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.